Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is July 14th. Andy, how are we doing? Brendan, I'm doing well. I um, I guess I'm. it's a little bittersweet. I don't know if I'm going to be able to deal with this Open Championship. I, uh, I'm going to be missing my buddy, my, my brother from another mother, Zach Johnson. I don't know how I'm going to deal with without the two-time major winner there. It's a... It's a bummer, obviously. It sucks he can't come over, but that's, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to cope with him not be playing this year's Open. This is an inauspicious start. I said, how you doing? And I got 30 seconds of black screen and silence. Heard no Brendan. The Wi-Fi is already on the fritz. It must be major championship week. I just standing there silent as you went out. And I came back to you talking about Zatch Johnson. So we're primed and ready this, for our major championship. I'm bittersweet. If you missed it, I'm bitter. It's bittersweet. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Zatch, you know, uh, we don't need to get into it. Who knows what he's doing? He's out there harvesting corn on a John Deere tractor this week instead of uh, being able to play the Open Championship. Uh, it's major week. It's it's after a year away. It's not just it's not just another major. You know, look. We've had a lot of uh, the super season, a lot of intrigue that, that the pandemic has created a lot of, you know, unique circumstances, not by choice. Often you got a November Masters, a fall U.S. Open, you know, um, with no fans. But we didn't get it open. We have two years now off from the open. So it's kind of, I think, an extra bit of anticipation for this one. I know I'm extremely excited. I've started to look at more and more about Royal St. George's, hear more and more people talk about it. I'm sure we'll get into it in this pod. I I cannot wait. I think, um, I don't know, you could pop me if I'm wrong here, but I would say, like, Twitter, Twitter more or less makes a lot of things worse, many things worse. I do think... It has this this sort of so internet era, not just Twitter, has has sort of enhanced the Open Championship in a way that maybe it didn't enjoy in the '90s or '80s or early 2000s. Um, I think there's some element to Twitter of like shared experience. You're out there watching at five in the morning, and I'm out there watching at five in the morning. We're having a bunch of fun. Um, there's something to authenticity of an open you know twitter doesn't do fakeness real well like as as you know that's why the pga tour is often a, a common Punch target <laughs> yeah with some of their social media videos some of their course setups some of their just you know business top tens and things like that there's an authenticity to the open it's 149 years this is 149th edition it usually looks very similar whether the courses are different or not um, there's just sort of a tradition to it. And I think Twitter appreciates that. And I think the internet era has certainly elevated it in a way that, um, 
that maybe it, it, it's it's it supercharged it. I think in a way that maybe it didn't have in the '90s and 2000s. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just gotten older and learned to appreciate it myself a little bit more. But uh, I think it's become my favorite week of the year just because of all the unique aspects of it. I think there's a lot of things that are uh, are true about. I think the authenticity of this championship, the oldest, cha- the history, obviously, is a big thing. I think the different style of play. Makes for a lot of, uh, you know, intrigue going into the week. I think actually, you know, seeing these guys have to deal with a lot of different elements and having to judge how the ball is going to roll out and all that stuff, you know, lends a a large helping hand. And then I think obviously the the different golf courses, the Rota is always compelling because you've got something different year after year after year. I mean, as great as Augusta National is, you know, you go there and you you know what to expect, and there's always something, you know, whether there's always stuff to brush up on because you're only visiting place every you know nine years, right? And I think that's that's one of the cool things about the Open is the Rota, um, is the unique aspect of each Rota course, the different different little intricacies. Like this week, you know, you've got a lot of winners that people would describe as fluky. Uh, you got a golf course that was removed from the Rota because of how quirky and uh, you know it was, and how <laughs> and it's got a really compelling history with the with Perv Purvis, uh, the guy that, yeah, that started it, yeah, yeah, and uh, and how what he what he was trying to build and how the land just didn't allow it. Uh, Garrett Morrison did a great podcast about just the history of the golf course and what it was set out to be. And, you know, kind of the, how the land was so weird that it didn't allow it. I, I, I just think there's this golf tournament knows exactly what it is and it doesn't try and be anything other than what it is. And I think that's what at the end of the day is what makes it such an enjoyable week. Yep. And I think, um, yeah, uh, it's obviously on an incredible heater here also in the last decade. Whether you have winners like Phil at Mirfield, Rory at Liverpool, uh, Speeth at Birkdale, Stenson and Phil going back and forth, the Carnoustie sort of, the manic pace of Carnoustie with Tiger even in the mix and Rory in the mix again, Ernie. And, it's just been, since we were last at Royal St. George's, I think it's been the most consistently dramatic or delivering major on Sundays, at least, um, since we were at, at St. George's in 2011. This will be the first one to, to, at St. George's when I'd say the internet is really have, has its fastball up and running. I don't know that 2011 sort of uh, Twitter or, or, or golf writing was at its peak then. You could kind of get... that. I guess that's my larger point, is like, you... You have to prove it. You can't just listen to the broadcast. You can't just listen to someone who's a brand partner or someone who's a, a, a paid spokesman for the organization hosting an event, whether that's a tour, say this is great. You got to actually prove it. And the Open seems to prove it in style and form and substance and drama year over year. And I think that's where the internet has come in to sort of like as, I don't want to say it's a gatekeeping mechanism, but it's like, it's a fair assessor, right? It's not like a paid sponsor. It's not like a broadcast partner. And I think the open has been enhanced by that sort of appreciation machine that, that exists uh, on the internet, Twitter and elsewhere. So uh, again, on a heater and let's just, I guess let's go to St. George's. We're talking a little bit about it. You've touched on it. I just mentioned it's been a decade. Um, 
I don't know where you were in 2011. I was, God, I, I was don't not know even where married I yet. Was. I was not even married yet. Now I have four kids. So 10 years is a long time. Um, Darren Clark, of course, the defending champ. I, you know, you hear it like, my, I, I'm not the expert here, but I, I hear like, primary association with it is like it stinks it's there's the jack quote about the farther south you go the worse it gets and this is the southernmost uh rota uh, stop um you hear it as just sort of being like ho-hum or just like it's just a plug in the rotation to give other other uh, uh stops a year off um and obviously it's been a decade and then i started like reading and watching the videos and, and watching even the golf channel last night um, and I'm I, I'm super excited for it. I can't wait. It seems like it could drive some of these guys batty. Um, it seems like there's a big debate over love versus quirk, which I guess quirk is a total. It's like a euphemism for this course sucks. You got Brooksy today saying it's Nuance. not my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's another good buzzword that <laughs> says nothing. <laughs> Oh, it's nuanced. nuanced. Vibe. <laughs> Got a great vibe, I think, would be too, another empty one. Um, but, yeah, I guess quirk is like an offensive term. The, the captain or the folks there are, are, if you call it quirky, they are pissed when you say that. Um, saw that on what Golf Channel last night. So, I, I can't wait. It is super tons. Of, uh, like, I, I'm fascinated. Well, to well this, here's the thing. The quirks here's the thing. It's like quirk if you're talking about championship golf and you say quirk is it, it, it provides like a negative connotation. If you're yeah. talking to people that, you know, understand golf architecture, enjoy golf, yeah. uh, like unique golf courses, you say quirk, it like makes, makes them want to just like jump and run over to your golf course. And it, it's really, I, I've talked to a lot of architecture friends. I haven't been there. I've talked to a lot of architecture friends and, all of them speak very highly of it. And I was, you know, I was talking with Jaeger Kovich, who's a young architect, and Clyde Johnson, who's a uh, young architect that's based in, in the UK. And we were, I, was, I was watching Golf Digest, like, fly over of all 18. And I, I said, you know, it looks like they got just really great it, it greens. Like, there's a lot of, like, interesting ones with, like, you know, some runoffs and fronts and different cool little sections. And they're like, oh, yeah, like it's got great greens. And then you look at the land and the land is really dynamic. Like you've got some big dunes, you've got some small rivets that, uh, you know, and I think this is where a lot of the pros don't like it is the ball will bounce all over the place. You don't know the ball hits the ground and you see, especially like the photo that everybody's talking about is like the 14th hole. The tour posted a great photo of the 14th hole, the short part four with those like kind of like, it's almost like they're like ridge lines, like little mini ridges that run through it. You hit one side of it, it bounces 15 yards right. You hit the other, you land a yard left of that and, and it might bounce 15 yards left. So, that's where the players don't like it, but and there's a, a randomness to and an element of luck really to it. But I think what it does is it's going to just test the the mental uh, fortitude even more, which I I think we all like. We all like when players when a course gets a little under player skin. I think that's yep. something that this golf course can do. It's got a great set of greens. Um, Jaeger and Clyde were saying that like it. It's got the best greens of any course in the Rota, you know, along with like Portrush, 
Muirfield and the old course. Like they, they're like it's at the top of the list in terms of greens. And then you, the variety of the land. You've got the big dunes on the front nine that you play out of, into in the beginning of the round, which are much more like the Irish golf courses where you have the dramatic land. And then you come back and you've got that really nice little rumpled stuff that you see in Scotland. You see at the old course where the ball can bounce any number of ways. So I think, you know, when you look at, at Portrush, it's got shades of Portrush on the front nine, which everybody loved and we hadn't seen. And it's got greens that are, you know, similar like in, in Portrush's category. And then you go to the backside and you get that really cool like Scotland links land. Uh, another thing that I found interesting in, in reading and watching the last few days is um, it's not an out and in. There's different winds, the, the different directions. The holes kind of are a blender of, of all sorts mm-hmm. of different directions. You're not like opposite of Kiowa, maybe necessarily, where you're into the into or with the wind for maybe nine. I, I don't know. I, I, Kiowa, I guess, wasn't precisely into every wind, but you know the same wind. But it does seem like the routing is to fro in every which way uh, on both nines. <laughs> Here's a, I, I was reading a bunch of articles yesterday. That's what I kind of did yesterday. I just read a bunch of stuff. Yep. And yep. Uh, I came across a t- 2011 Bob Herrick article on ESPN that was talking about what, all the players hating it. You know, it was the whole <laughs> premise of the article. Yeah. And to- here's Tom Lehman. I think it's the most unpredictable of venues I've played. There are so many unique shapes on the golf course where the ball gets kicked one way or another. It requires a lot of course management and really understanding how to play the course to do it right. Probably see the course, too. I don't know, though. Probably could do it all from Google Earth. I'll give you an example. The 17th hole, the areas where drives come down. There are a million bumps all over the fairway. Guys were so upset because they hit a good-looking drive. They hit a, hit the side of a bump, and it would kick one way or another and run down into the high crap. But just short of that is a real flat area. The course was designed to hit a shot into the flat area and run into the bumps. You can keep yourself in the fairway. To me, understanding the strategy of the course is what is very, very interesting to me. It's very enjoyable. Okay, so I'm trying to put my myself in the player, like devil's advocate. Like I obviously, as a viewer, I love this. Probably as a player, as a mid high high handicapper, high for sure. Playing it myself, I'd have fun. But trying to be devil's advocate, like, can you empathize with them? Of like these guys who hit a great shot down the middle and get like I can, but Layman, I think Layman hit the nail on the head there. He talked about how there's a flat area. So where you get in trouble with those humps is when you land on them, right? If your yeah. ball's already on the ground rolling, it's not going to get the huge deflection. It's when you land yeah. on it. So I guess, you know, when you look at the holes, if there's a flat area to land the ball, that's where you should be landing the ball. And, and, and anybody that pushes it up, you know, into that area where they could land on it, they're taking on risk. You know, it's not necessarily like... Playing up there is not it. You know, if there was a bunker there, nobody'd complain. But because right. the ball lands on the ground and bounces one direction, they feel the need to complain. And those contours, 
I mean, that's what's going to make this week's. I always talk about this. I always talk about how I think the most fun thing in golf is when the ball hits the ground and it goes somewhere. And this week, we're going to see the ball hit the ground and go all over the place. And and I, it's been really soft because of the rain. But I saw that. I mean, I did investigative reporting. I was really yeah. diving in hard. I saw it's supposed to be sunny and windy for like the next all the way through the weekend so we should get it, see it crisp up and i th- i believe the super, new superintendent there has done a lot of wonderful things we got an article coming up on the on the fried egg uh, tomorrow on wednesday today is if you follow the count of today's podcast um that that um details some of the things that they've done to get the course playing playing more firm because that's been one of the things that's ha- hampered a couple of the championships is the soft soft conditions out here who did i see i think bama bearcat had a tweet about princess about princess like, yeah having, saw that too their work done there like has lowered the water level like the more run better runoff i don't know that was just a tweet um in the whole area so it could be interesting then firmness i uh, one more thing on the course before we move on bryce or brooksy not to confuse the two brooksy today twice used in, in his you know, sort of monologue about not my favorite course. It is what it is. I'll go play it. Use the phrase a couple shots or shots to nothing. So it's like Blind. this sort of uncertainty, this sort of, yeah, pucker up of just sending the ball out into the great unknown that I, I think as, as viewers, it's hard to capture totally, it's totally as viewers, but if you're on the tee on the ground, it's, it certainly adds an element of, of, sort of anxiety for the player. But again, that adds to also the unpredictability of the bumps and humps and bounces once it gets on the ground. There is that sort of anxiety you can appreciate of them, quote, shots to nothing. So uh, I think overall, just a delightful... I, 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 this is a total reversal of change. Maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment because we're here and the week has arrived. But like we started this year saying, like, is this the worst year for major men's major venues, right? You get the St. George. And this is not to suggest like, you know, it's, there's a lot of great ones on the British open Rota. They're all very, very, many of them are very, very good. But I, I arrived at this, this two days before just really, really excited for St. George's in the same way I was for Kiowa, maybe at the start of the year where I can't, you know, toy will set aside for now. We talked about that plenty. Um, but I, I do think it's going to end up being a really strong, strong venue. Now, if that, does that mean we need a, you know, a great winner or a great a battle, one-two punch down down the down the final stretch on Sunday to prove it? I, I don't know. That's always the age-old debate. So um, I've got a, I don't I've got a, a flashback already queued up. We might release oh. it earlier this week. You know, we might might be a Wednesday episode that or a Thursday okay. episode that airs on Wednesday. Um, okay. but. I, I, I don't want to step on it too much, but Bill Rogers won in 81. It's about yes. 81 in totality. Yes. <laughs> um, it was like a peak, so, peak player at the time and then became... Oh, yeah. Just he won player of the player. year that year. Yeah. So he had a word. So he... Like 20 Americans didn't show up. It was actually kind of similar to this year, where obviously for completely different reasons. Sure. So Bill Rogers said... 
I'd been worried about coming over. This is from a Jenkins SI article. I'd been worried about coming over because so many guys told me what a lousy course this was going to be and how expensive it was. I don't know how they could feel that way. This was one of the greatest courses I've ever played. There's too much to gain from playing well in in the British Open. You can't let the expense part of it spoil the opportunity of coming over here. Maybe... A little advice for the senior tour guys. The anchor boy, the anchor man, Scott McCarran. Oh, I thought that was a that was a, a great. You know, we try to present our uh, opinions on Brandel uh, and live from pretty try to be fair with them. But that was a great segment last night where they were talking about like they went to Baton Boy Billy talking about the the quarantine. Like they can't go out. They can't have to make their own meals. They have to can't go grocery shopping. And Leonard and Randall were like, dude, like these guys, Hagen took a boat over for a week. It was like a month commitment to play this event. Leonard was talking about how when he would go over, you had to qualify. This is not long ago. Not that You'd have to qualify. You have to get there like Thursday, play 36 holes of qualifying on like Sunday, Monday. Talking about the one, the one venue where he, he did qualify and they had no, the range was just a field. So he would pack like 30 or 40 golf balls when he left for Britain. And you have to just hit him into this field and pick him up. I mean, this is like the 90s. So I, I don't know. To hear that these guys can't go to the grocery store or go to the pubs, Billy Boy, Billy Boy was talking of about how much he's available. Loved, oh, he was on Sky today doing the stand up <laughs> on the cart. He was on Kara Banks this morning. Then he was on Todd Lewis last night. The guy is just like the de facto. He's ringing the bell all over. Sandwich. It's unbelievable. Just making announcements. Um, he might be breaking quarantine rules by all of his appearances. They should have limited appearances. That's, was, that's what really, really got under Billy Boy's skin is if they limited his airtime. <laughs> He's just so. Somebody said they call him availability. Um, <laughs> so he was saying, you know, we can't go to the pubs. I, you know, great thing about coming over here is I love to talk to the people. I was like, ah. It's, I just don't see Horschel in the pubs talking to people, rubbing elbows with people. Maybe he does. But anyways, I thought that was a, a fun contrast. And the guys, I don't know, I want to say there's bitching and moaning about them not being able to have their chefs and having to drive themselves to the course. But uh, there's a little undercurrent about how they're, they're, you know, they're bearing that cross of the, the modern, this 2021 <laughs> regulation. So uh, anyways. I mean, like, I again, I don't want to go back into this, but when you think about like the the simplicity of what they're being asked to do, it's like just (laughs) chill out in your house, like just just hang out. Like it goes back to like like when you think about like, and I was never a good student. This is like I was not good at this, but like when you think about the simplicity of studying, is like all studying is is sitting in a chair and reading. But it's like the hardest thing to do. Like all they're saying is like just hang out by yourself, get it done, memorize it, knock it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's continue on. Should we do an ad read for Bixby Coffee? This is the yeah. coffee golf season. Uh, our folks at Bixby Coffee coming in big. They got. I think they're relaunching the website come August. I don't know what you know. Maybe some new wrinkles, bells and whistles there. But BixbyCoffee.com is the URL. They have the Shotgun Start Blend and the West Island Blend, which is the light roast. I am loaded up. I think I have three bags on the ready. I, I don't know. I don't know if that means I go through like 
One every two days. I fill the entire. My one of my buddies asked me like for the precise measurement. How many scoops do you do? Is like I don't know. I just fill the grinder with as many beans as it'll take, <laughs> and I grind them and I dump them in. I make it as big as I can. The whole filter. Well, maybe is full you should do a video. Maybe you should do a video about it, like my cold brew video. Asking me how many scoops, like precise number of beans. Like get out of here. So I got three bags on the ready for at least this week. Uh, this is a way to support the podcast. You can do that. I don't know. This is the only sponsor where we get any kind of cut. We, there's, yeah, there's no and, and this we is important. Yeah, I was gonna. Cut. We don't. Do I was that. gonna level like, with everybody. We we don't get paid to do ads for Bixby. We the only what we do is we get we get rev share on the on the on the beans. So and if you want to support us, if you like what we're doing this week, if you want a really good consumable good. A, a delicious consumable good. This is this is the perfect way to do it. Uh, order a bag. You can order single bags on the website. You can subscribe and get it shipped to you every two weeks or whatever frequency you choose on Bixby's website, BixbyCoffee.com. We only get paid if you ordered sh- order Shotgun Start Blend or Westy Island Blend. That's an important. Say so if you if you order the me- medium or the light roast from Bixby Coffee, we get nothing. If you order our blends, we get paid. So Okay. So they are uh, supporting this week of Coffee Golf. Thanks again to Bigsby Coffee, original sponsors of the Shotgun Start going back, I don't know, three years almost now. All right. Continuing on. Let's do uh let's do schedule for the week. Let's dispense with that. We've obviously Oh, you want to talk about the Barbasol? Into the open extensively, but we have the 149th Open Championship. That is 1.30 to four AM on Peacock. Starting with the cock, um, so then big four... big moment for big, big moment for the peacock because they're kicking off with just a, a powerhouse group. Did you see the How about first Dick group? Bland. Dick oh, yeah. Bland, Bumblebee Sullivan, and the Bullet, Marcus Armitage. Marcus Armitage. I've never seen somebody so excited to play as he was at the U.S. Open last week oh, totally. or last last <laughs> month. Yeah. yeah, I love that guy. Exciting. Yeah, he's great. Great story. But I mean, Dick Bland following in this recent lineage of Monty leading us off at Troon and what was, you know, Sandy Lyle and his, you know, merchant tent, merch tent regalia leading us off at wherever that was, Burkdale, I forget. Uh, now it's on to Dick Bland, the 40 something, the 47, 48 year old leading us off at uh, Royal St. George's, the first uh, English venue to host an open championship. So that's Peacock is starting right at 1.30. If you're going to bed, maybe on the West Coast, if you're getting up, I don't know, in the middle of the night on the East Coast, that's 1.30. It's on Golf Channel 4 to 3, 4 a.m. to 3 p.m. Thursday, Friday, and then finishes out on Peacock for Sunset Golf there. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, 5 to 7, 4 to 7 on Golf Channel, and then 7 to 3 Saturday, 7 to 2 Sunday. So you got your like 1.30 finish about on Sunday. Uh, Barbasol Championship. That is, you know, I don't know if you need to just it's to your come dessert. down. Yeah. If you need to sort of <laughs> decompress, you need a cigarette after or whatever. Uh, that is 5 to 7.30, 4 to 7, you know, 7 o'clock finish Golf Channel. That's at uh, Kentucky. What is that? Keen Trace or something? I saw the ad for it. The promo features all the pictures of the old event in Auburn, Alabama. Like, it's on the lake. All these people in Kentucky were so offended. Like, that is absolutely not our golf course. They're shown in the commercials. Um, 
The Dow on the LPGA. The Dow Great Lakes Bay Invitational. That's a Wednesday start, folks. Wednesday afternoon, 3 to 6 p.m. on Golf Channel. Then it's late at night on Tape Delay, getting bumped by the Barbie. Tape Delay, Thursday, Friday, and a 4 to 6 p.m. finish on CBS. CBS Network finish Saturday afternoon, 6 p.m. Uh, that's the team event, right? Is yeah, it not? team event. I think they, so that's, a, that's one that could be greatly elevated with a new week and a new golf course. What is the golf course? Is it it's just Grand Rap? No. Saginaw? Disaster. It's like Midland. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> disaster. Okay. And then last but not least, the U.S. Girls Junior Championship. That is on Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. on Peacock. In your backyard. And one- 1 to 3 p.m. on Golf Channel Saturday for the final, 36-hole final. That is in my backyard, Columbia Country Club. Uh, I see Rose Jane is already... I mean, can you imagine that? She just won the U.S. Women's Amateur last year, and now she's playing the girls' junior. I mean, it's, I'm not saying she shouldn't. She's fully eligible. But that's kind of like the reverse, right? It's like winning, you know... It, it, it's like, I don't know, winning an NBA championship as a rookie and then going back and getting to play in the NCAA tournament. Like she's just going to, she's already in line for medalist honors at Columbia. That's the hundred anniversary of them having the U S open. So that'll be the girls junior. And they had the boys junior. Oh, three won by Brian Harmon, who will probably be still wearing the same pants and belt that he wore in 2003 this week at Royal St. George's. So that is your schedule for the week. You have the van of the week. Oh, it's the open. Also, I I wanted before anybody gets that. I I misspoke earlier. I think I said the fifteenth hole was the uh, short par yeah. four fourteen. It's the twelfth. The fifteenth. The fifteenth. The Suez Canal hole. I sorry, I mixed those up. Or four fourteenth. The Suez Canal. Uh, Twelve is the one you're talking about. Is a goes right. Is that right? Yeah, it's that Dog short par four. Yeah, that shortest one on the j- course. Yeah, yeah. It jogs jogs right, and it's got all the bunkers by the green. So huge 12 hump, hole and 14, 14 Suez Canal. 14 is the one where uh, it's part five, obviously, where yeah, DJ pumped DJ. it into Prince's, the, the other golf course, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. There's sort of amazing rumors about DJ. Eh, there's always rumors about DJ. What, what he did in 11, like he took a helicopter ride and partied somewhere the night before. Who knows if that's true. But anyways, 14 is where he pumped it out of bounds. Um, all right. Open is the event of the week. Do you want to do some... Uh, let's do one and done. Or you want to wait for that? You like to wait for that for majors. Here's my pick to win. Okay. Let's do some I'll favorite tea times. I'll do one and done. We got, we got use golf facts, hollering about the draw, screaming about the draw. Still no, no affiliation with Patrick Reed, allegedly, right? It says, says, you know, when they got caught at Torrey, it's like, I don't know what that is. I don't know who that is. But yet it's tweeting with just an incredible interest in Patrick Reed's tea time at the Open Championship. Do you think they're uh, mad they're, about, uh, do you think, use golf facts, all this is really, it's not about the draw. It's more about the fact that he's paired with Cam Smith. Who called him a cheater at the, what was After it, the President's Cup. President's Cup. Yeah. Yeah. How many times does P. Reed golf have to start late early? Not just, quick, all caps, all the majors, but regular events too. So we're not just talking majors. RNA, PGA, US Open Golf, PGA Tour, all tag. His last three majors, he started at 415, 515, and now 315. Tee times by world rank. And it's a draw, quote unquote. Let's see it. 
So what are they looking for? Like a draw sh- uh, show where they like put them in the hopper and pull out names. So they're mad. They're with what is? It's Rory, right? Rory, Rory, Rory and Cam Smith. <laughs> what did Rory, Why did what did Rory do to deserve this? I think I saw they were playing a practice round. Rory and P. P. Reed. Yeah, today. Rory has kind of always defended Reed for some reason. Or said he's like unfairly picked on and just like a subject of social media. I don't know. Maybe Rory's running used golf facts and we don't know about it. But he does occasionally, more more than most, defend Patrick Reed and seems to like Patrick Reed. So we got that worked up about the draw. Of course, the grand tradition with the Open is everybody off the same tee. They've got, you know, 14 hours of daylight, although this is a southern venue. But they've got daylight for hours. Everybody's off the first tee starting at 6.30 local time and going to 4 o'clock, 4.15. I saw I tweeted about this. You see Jimmy Walker just completely stashed, stashed at like 4.05. Um, just surrounded. The guys won a major championship. Surrounded by sort of these open qualifiers, and he's going at four o'clock. That's really late. He's paired with Ricardo Chelia and Yuki Inamori before the final group of Ricard Carlberg, Dick Carlberg. I wanted to talk about this group. Carlberg Ricard- Nagano and Nicholas Poppleton. The most English name in the English championship this week? Rick Nicholas Poppleton? Either way, Jimmy Walker, there's not a major winner in sight within 20 minutes of his tee time, and he's going in the second to last group. So, and also, I think, well, might be his last open for a while, given 2016 so, five-year exemptions running out. I believe, I, I am certain, this is Poppleton's first major. I believe this is Nagano's first major. And Carl Berg hasn't played one since 2016. And they they put these guys at 4.15 p.m. Do you know? Do you have any? Can you imagine what that day's like for them? They're sitting around waiting to play their first major. Like, so what late. would you do? Well, you know, like, imagine know. having, like, the biggest, you know, Start of your life, biggest moment of your life if you're a lawyer, like biggest court case of your life or first court case of your life that you have to talk and that you just have to sit around until 4.15. Like with, mean, with nothing to do. They don't have anything like they, what, they might go work out. Maybe they yeah. go to the course. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you would do all day. And you do not finish. I mean, obviously, there have been 51 groups that go ahead of you. You finish at like 940, I would say. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like 930, 940. Then you're teeing off Friday. You're not first off, but like probably about like 10, 10 a.m. or so. And it's it's a tough, yeah, that's a long-ass day. You might, might be worth going out late, you know, having a couple of beers. So you got to shake the cobwebs off for a few hours on Thursday morning. You know, yeah, kind of prolongs the day. I don't know. <laughs> Might be worth it. Nicholas Poppleton. What a delight. I guess he cleans up money games around Yorkshire area. We got people sending us intel on Nicholas Poppleton. So, um, another group I, I liked Phil that? Hatton and Kisner. What a, what a eclectic mix of, of human beings. 
That is a that's an interesting one. When do they tee off? Do we have that? I don't know. I didn't put down the time. So in the afternoon. So whatever that is. Two forty eight PM would put in what? I'm going reverse Nine? order. This is reverse. Right. I went down the T sheet and now I'm going back to top. Okay. All, All right. right. Morikawa, Corey Connors, and Bassie Munoz. My question is, do you think Morikawa and Connors are nervous? Why? Playing with a former number one. I don't know. I was going to say, do you think Munoz and Connors are nervous? You know why? First week. First week for President's Cup 2022. Counting points events. Munoz, Connors. That's the game within the game. A lot of weight on their shoulders at the President's Cup points. Opening up real, this week. real talk, though. I think this is Murakawa's first open. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be, right? Okay. It is. I, 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 it's it's kind of wild Like to think like yeah, he's the number you... four player in the world. He basically he hasn't played almost... In, he hasn't played in an open. You know, because of just the way, because of last year's cancel, cancellation. It's, I mean, the guy, I don't think there's ever probably been somebody before that's played three, had three top, t- a win and two other top tens that's never played an open. Like, since, like, way back when, when people didn't go to opens. Yeah, number five, in the, <laughs> inside the top five in the world. Yeah. it's a good point. Matthew Wolf's probably That's a good question too. for, for Justin Ray. I tweet What's Justin interesting Ray right was now. like probably around the last time they had one, it was basically Wolf and Morikawa battling at TPC Sod Farm. It was basically about, you know, that was a week either before or after. I can't remember, you know, when they really burst on the scene there after turning pro at least. So um, that's a good point. I, I don't know. Connors and Munoz are kind of an odd, odd pairing for a top five player in the world, but whatever. We'll take it. You think, how do you think Morikawa does with the quirks and the humps and hollows? The thing that I always worry about with Morikawa is like the single shot shape with the irons, with the wind. That's the only thing, like he just hits that that cut all day. And I think that's the one thing that I worry about. But he he handled it decently at Kiowa. Like he was not in the the mix, but he wasn't out of the mix, right? Um, Right. I think right. that's the thing that I would worry the most about with Morikawa. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm getting but otherwise, I mean, I saw, I saw, you know, Joe LaMagna finding the edge. Yep. Data boy. Good data boy. Uh-huh. He talked about, like, just kind of <laughs> Morikawa and how the more demanding the golf course, the more... Um, He's just gonna he's gonna thrive, which makes total sense because of you know just his skill set, right? So I think yeah. like if if the golf course gets firm, fast, and it's there's wind, that's good for him because he hits the ball so well, right? Okay. It's the putters yep. obviously always going to be the the liability there. Yep. Yep. What other tee times do you like this week? Uh, let me get back to my list for the here. First two days. How about uh? How about the two Texan Yucks and Lynn pairing? You got Scott Scheffler, Sergio Garcia, <laughs> and Yucks and to... Lynn. <laughs> you got two right. Texans 
with a, with this uh, amateur from China. Super right. talented. Yes, he's won the Asia uh, Pacific amateur before. Okay. What else you got? What else we got? We got DJ Zell, Taurus, and Rose. I don't know what they're going to talk about. What do you mean? What they just—they're all sort of kind of—they're just so different. I mean, like DJ and and Rose are like you know fifteen and twenty years older than Zell Taurus, almost you know fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years older. Um. DJ, DJ and Rose just seem like complete polar opposites. I guess. Yeah, probably. But they've been around each other now for a decade or so at various events. They might talk about activations. Do you think Rose is like going to be like, I, DJ, I loved your acting in the latest NetJets commercial. It was so good. And then DJ might be like, <laughs> you know, I, I love those Morgan Stanley commercials. Rose, uh, still despondent, probably about England losing the Euro. Yeah, hasn't been this down since he broke up with Anma at Bay Hill. All right, uh, what else? What are some other tea times you like? The twenty, the tw- late two thousand, early twenty tens pairing of Stu Sink, Westy, and say, Martin Keimer. I was wondering if this made the cut. Not a great spot for Westy, in my opinion. But we'll I kind of think they did him dirty. I feel like we would have said that four out of five times. Protective of Westy. Um, Sink I see is like a sort of a trendy is probably too strong a word for it. But, you know, people seem to like him this week because of the, you know, uh, that, that sort of cliche that the older player. Not cliche. It is true. I, I thought it was because his son's on his back. And he's played well, obviously, this year. Keimer, you know. Keimer's a roller coaster ride. You know, he could be off in the heather looking for his ball. Like, that could impact Westy. We don't know where that's going. Why do you think they did him dirty, though? What's your angle on that? What's your reasoning for that? I just feel like they should have put Westy in with some some big guns. Oh, God. Okay. I feel like Westy deserved one of the big premier spots. Okay. He's arguably England's best hope. For a winner. Arguably, yeah. Yep. Poulter's making some noise. Made some noise at Scottish. Played well lately. He could be in there, too. All right, what else? Rom, number one player. Not number one, I should say. Probably the favorite. He's with Usti. And and, and Lowry. Champ. Yeah, defending champ. That's a great. Very, Two really, thick really boys. Fun. <laughs> and, and Louie. What'd you make of Rom today? The Same way Swain is so tight. He was born with clubfoot and had to have it recast every so often and that's why his right foot like he just doesn't have the stability people he seemed to take great offense to people suggesting his hips didn't have any fluid fluidity like his hips don't lie you know he's like that's not it i my foot i can't put do the stability i have a long swing on my right foot he was he was pissed that people sort of placed a lack of mobility in his hips on it so i i love um, it i i think yeah. like it's Unique. that was a great opportunity opp- uh great example of press conferences having some value like we learned yeah. something nobody knew that right right what else we got what spieth deshambo and brendan grace kind of an odd third ball in there 
Although he did shoot the lowest round in Open Championship history. Major championship history, right? The only 62, yeah. I think, um, at Birkdale. I uh, I feel bad for Spieth. Being, I, we'll get to Thick Boy here in a minute when we talk press his conferences, caddy? I suppose. You want to talk about his caddy? What, jumping in the pool? I can't believe we didn't talk about that on Monday. I know, we forgot. And the press release in golf.com? Yeah. Golf.com just carried the media, independent media outlet, carrying water for, for Bryson. I mean, look, they did a deal and made him a like, plain editor. And there is a history of that in magazines. Like, you know, Arnold Palmer helps with so-and-so. That doesn't mean he did to launder his story about, like, his caddy breakup, you know? It's a little different than just trying to, like, become a... A megaphone for his messaging. We don't need to talk about his caddy. We can talk about it in a minute. It's, it's, I don't know, some acolyte that we'll see. We, we, we brought him up. I think we broke that news. I might have had the first name wrong. I might have called him Brad instead of Brian, but tomato, tomato, Ziegler is the caddy. Um, he's a Como, I don't know, a Como assistant. Como light. Como light. <laughs> hey, I am really fired up to watch Speed this week. I, I think, think he's kind of a sneaky good spot pick. I think he's a great pick. He's always done well at the Open. He's this is where we really get to see the full. The, it's his canvas, he, right? He's Around used to his ball being bouncing canvas. in weird, weird directions. Yes, total creativity, uneven lies, uneven. You know, just. I, around the green, where do you throw, how, how do you put it? Do you put it up in the air? Do you bump it into the into the hill? What like I think this just has always been so delightful to watch. He's played well. He's obviously contended at St Andrews. He won it at Birkdale at Carnoustie. He somehow was in the final group with duct tape wrapped around two legs and arms, and not quite the flex seal era, but definitely duct tape era. And he he didn't win, but he was in the final group. So I think this is I am jazz to watch him based on what we talked about with St. George's earlier. Now, he could get a couple bounces and just go on tilt, bad bounces. He's not... I wouldn't say he's performed well at uh, the majors since... I guess he was competitive at the Masters, but but since well, that run early in the year. I think this is an important, important thing to note, too. Like, the Open... The Masters obviously sets up really well for him. The Open does too. And those are probably the two tournaments where like driving like is the least important in terms of like it's important. You still have to drive the ball well, right? But distance right. is is totally not a prerequisite at Open Championships. We see all different types of players win, all different types of players contend. I mean, it's why Tom Watson could contend at age 60. You don't have to hit the ball 350 yards. It obviously is a huge benefit if you can hit it 350 yards and straight, like it is anywhere. But this is where it's the least emphasized. And I think, you know, that's something I've thought a lot about uh, recently is just if we played, if there was a link stretch of the season that was say eight to 10 weeks, how much different the top 10 of the world would look. That's a good point. Because like yeah. these, these golf courses for the most part, you know, in America, like we play really similar golf courses week in, week out. And, and, and this was, 
This is just kind of like Lynx going and playing Lynx is kind of like when tennis goes and plays on clay or grass. Like there, like there's different surfaces and different players excel at different surfaces. We see it in small part on the tour. Like we see certain types of players play really well on the West Coast, like in, in Putwell on Poana. And then you go to Bermuda and all of a sudden Kevin Kisner's popping up and different players who really putt well on Bermuda. Then we get to Bent. And there's, you know, everybody knows how to play bent. That's about the most, you know, in the summer. But with links, it's truly like a, it's it's not a small little thing. It's a, it's across the board. It's an entire game. It really is a different type of golf. Like you, it's a, you'll hear artistic thrown around a lot, but I, I think it's just a, a game where you need to have much more control over every asset of uh, aspect of a shot, right? You need to have trajectory distance and spin all figured out. You can get away when it's not breezy and firm with, with having just distance, right. You know? So I think that's the, the thing I think about with Spieth is like, he's got, he's a shot maker. Like he, he's granted. He, he hits some loose ones, but like Seve hit loose ones. And I don't want to make the Seve Spieth comparison, but like Seve hit a lot of loose drives. He was a great links player though. You know, I think the other thing is the, the irregularity of the lies and the rough, like help somebody that really understands golf and shots and shot making. Any other groups? Yeah. Sorry. Times that that he's like, no, you're good. I like that. I mean, I would say the world rankings though, they built in. Yeah. Not for style of play, but they do allow for, players from different parts of the world and jump in but yeah i just think i think like i'm saying like if if there was a 10 week stretch where they played links golf if it yeah. if it was you know this equitable. is like i don't know if we'll ever get to this this stretch like where sponsors and i, I don't think we ever will with the pga tour you know where sponsors were you know interested like understood like hey the global aspect of the game and the the you know the money's all digital because like so much of the PGA tour sponsorships on site activation. Right. Um, but like if we had a 10 week link season where they played all, a lot of the best links courses around, you know, Ireland, UK, um, it would be really interesting to see how, how much different that looked from, from, you know, the PGA tour stretch of January through March. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Why couldn't you do that with like, just capture the audience in the morning in the United States? Like they did, we were talking about the F1 races and stuff. I don't know. Eh. It's, it, it, it'd be weeks, awesome in the weeks. summer. It'd be yeah. awesome in the summer. Cause that's when people have stuff to do, you know? Right. Um, right. Okay. Here's a, here's another group. Kepka, Kokrak, and Higo, Garrick Higo. What's going on there? What is... I, I here's my thing. Do you think the Open wanted to give Brooks the chip? Did they just concede the chip on his shoulder? What do you mean? Concede what? What are you talking about? I mean, this guy's got four fucking major championships, and he's playing with Kokrak and Higo. Those guys have won a lot. They've won a lot more around the world this year than than Brooksy. It's just it's a slap in the face. Look at you got Spieth and DeChambeau, Lowry, Rahm, Louie. Like, DJ's at least, it's got Zalatoris and Rose. And Kepka's playing with Kokrak and Higo. 
This is almost worse than Jimmy Walker getting thrown in the back of the bus <laughs> with a bunch of nobodies. This guy is arguably the best major championship player that we have right now. And you put him with Jason Kokrak and Garrick Higo. What are two schmucks comparatively? Oh, come on. Comparatively wanna... speaking, complete schmucks compared to Brooks Kepka. It is an odd sort of step down in terms of stature. I saw. I think they're just conceding. Here's your chip. Here's the chip on your shoulder. Get onto the leaderboard. We want you on the leaderboard. So they just gave him the chip. He did have some quote today that was very sure of himself. Like, I will be there. I'll be around the end on Sunday. Like, I will have a late tea time. Like, I'll be there. So uh, He's a manifester, you know? They're out early too, relatively speaking. Yes, yeah, that's like that's what I'm saying. Uh, Eastern, they're like yeah. before all the all the other big players. They're like they are totally buried on the t sheet. They really are. I'm looking. Holy cow! Like it's like, the Shambo is like an hour and a half after them, and in between that, it's just yeah. I wasn't. Wow. This is blatant disrespect to, to Brooks Kepka. They're out early, eight oh three. So that's interesting. Interesting. Anything else on the T sheet that perked your well, I mean your the interest. bumblebee the bumblebee, the bullet and the bland, man, are just so good right off the top. You Three got bees. anything? The killer bees? No, no, they're the <laughs> they, they are the killer bees. <laughs> Use the bumblebee bland and the bullet. Um other than, you know, use golf facts getting worked up. And Jimmy Walker just getting stashed so far away. I am kind of intrigued by Matthias Schwab, Brendan Todd, and Carlos Ortiz. I may be the only one, but I do like that trio. Todd, who knows? Maybe this is the one. Todd, Todd gets involved. A little like uh, little Ben Curtis reprisal. The American that everybody nobody expects. Um, who? What's who? The, what's like the at worst what point? Time? Oh, what's Can the I give you my worst tea time? <laughs> Matt sure. Jones. Daniel Hillier, Hillier, some Australian, and Marcel Seam. Jones, I was Hillier, that one. and Seam. I think, you know, the patrons, the fans might not be flocking out to that one. That's the game 43, as it's announced on the first two. What about, um, what about this one? Uh, we got uh, Alex Noren, J.C. Ritchie, and Richard Mansell. <laughs> oh, we haven't even talked about the coffee pot. The third leg's open. Oh, who should? Who should mention that? The third leg. We got some more questions for the coffee pot. This is the Open Championship. There'll be if you miss the Irish Open, the Scottish Open, there is individual prizes just for the Open Open, the British Open as it's otherwise known. And uh that is posted. We have the link probably we'll tweet it. We've already tweeted it. We've Instagrammed it. It'll be in the newsletter. Um yeah, fill it up. There's a bunch of different fun categories and questions. Former Masters winner is still up. This time Rory is up against Sean Norris, the winner of he the did. Nashaw Masters. Winter was too much for him to handle. He had to drop down a weight class. He's taking on Sean Norris now. <laughs> former Masters winner. Um, <laughs> Obviously, uh, and if those who missed it, Rory's Masters win came at the Lake Malloran Shanghai Masters. Yes, at some point in his 
earliest career. Other two can times I, we should I, mention I, that are marquee groups. Yeah, Ricky, go for it. Ricky got a marquee billing with uh, Bobby Mack, the Scottish son, and uh, X-Man. And then one, one after them is JT Fleetwood and Adam Scott, which is uh, delightful to probably watch. That would be some good golf, golfing of the ball around the links. Um, what's what's Adam Scott's deal these days? Does he even care about pro golf or golf in general anymore? What does that mean? I just feel like he's just moved. I think like he's just moved on to a new 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 phase of his Ventures? life. Did you yeah. see he savaged the Olympics? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That that coupled in there. John Huggin. He just it's like they shouldn't be having this. Just, just out of nowhere, non sequitur, just came in. Like, he's already not going. Just crushes the Olympics. What do you mean? Be his thir- well, this will be his 13th event of the year. <laughs> I just, I can't imagine him. Like, even if he's in the playoffs, I could see him skipping a week of the playoffs. Sure. Like oh, I, I just think he's he's he might get. I mean, I guess he only plays like twenty times a year, anyways. But it is kind of amazing how they clustered all the big names together, and then there's Brooksy just out there early. I'm mean, look at him; they're all stacked <laughs> out back there in back a, out there in typical. his own ocean. Uh, hitting I can see him. Nothing. What if what if he gets like a rough draw or something? It's like crazy windy on Thursday morning. It dies for the leaders. He shoots like seventy three. And and then he loses by like one, but his his draw was like five shots harder. That would be just yeah, that'd be bogus. Um, no, if he right. just apropos though, like if yeah. he would talk about it, he'd bring it up in so many. Actually, he wouldn't. He would just say, "Oh, this is the draw. It's the luck of the draw." Should a little more speed nuggets. This is from Justin Ray's article on PGATour dot com. Since twenty fifteen, speed leads all players at the Open. And scoring average, rounds in the 60s, and one putts. Not, um, you know, he's he's hanging around there this last six years. Uh, Jay J- Ray had some great stats, a lot of strokes gained hey, on Rom. Go ahead. Justin Ray has, uh, has confirmed since the OWGR began in 1986, it is the first time a player was fourth or better in making his open debut. With regards to Colin Morikawa, if they existed back like way back when, Hogan and yeah. Palmer would have been a couple of examples who who would have been sure. up there. So sure. good stuff. Real time feedback from Justin Wright as we record. Pretty impressive he's a, stuff. Just just on the on the ball. It's incredible. He's um. All right, that does it for the T sheet. <clears throat> Should we do any quotable stuff? Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, you know, the, can can I plug the pool one more time and lead us into yeah. probably the first quotable thing? Yeah. One of our questions is to yell or not to yell. Oh God. And it's Bryson versus Big Shot Bob McIntyre. To yell for or not to yell for? Bryson DeChambeau. Because I love that they asked this question. You can rely on the good old, you know, the British press to ask some of the tough questions that the PGA Tour shields off from reporters. You know, they, they got all fa- friends and family sitting in the PGA Tour press rooms to make sure questions like this don't get asked. I forgot yes. who asked it, but somebody asked, Bryson, why don't you yell for when you launch balls into I the crowd? I think John Huggin. John Huggin. 
I have it here. Let me let me pull it up. Bryson, I'm just kind of curious that over the last few months we've watched you launch a few drives into a few crowds and you don't seem to shout four. <laughs> I'm just wondering why you don't. I do shout four. I don't know what you're talking about. There's plenty of people on the tee box that do shout four. So, you know, you're bringing up a very controversial thing, which is unfortunate, but 99% of the time I do and unfortunately people think I don't, but that's okay. They can say whatever they want. <laughs> A very controversial thing that you're bringing up, and that's unfortunate that you're doing that. I think it was John. I don't know. That was a John. I assume it was him. Hugging got on the the Bobby Mack yelling for last time, but I mean, we have video evidence over and over. This is ninety nine percent. Ninety nine percent of the time, he doesn't yell for. Because it's there's the other people opposite. On the it was. Uh, I mean, Bryson was just not ready. What was going on? He's so bad. He's so bad at doing the whole thing. I'm not mad. I'm actually not mad. It's fine thing <laughs> at this point. I don't understand how he doesn't have more training. His team around him, and this is, I think, even further evidence by the that schmockery of a golf.com thing on the what really happened with the caddy split, which we all know is not accurate and bogus and whatever. It's the messaging you want. They want to tell. They just seem to mishand. Like don't do it with the website where you have already have a paid arrangement, like leak it to a reporter. Like, you know, like it's somewhere that's something that's less, that's more subtle. But anyways, they just seem to struggle at, at, and maybe this is just a natural Bryson defect. In terms of him being able, he finds controversy and he doesn't know how to either escape it well or smoothly or talk about it or deflect it. I, I do shout for. I don't know what you're talking about. He seemed that was like the second question, and we were off and running. Um, he finished. He finished. Someone asked him, like, you know, I think a good question, like, hey, trying to get at him, like, does it hurt you personally? The criticisms you receive especially from Brooks and others. And he goes, does it hurt what? Like, as if, like, I don't know. It was hurting his swing or something. And he goes, well, I think it makes emotionally a little difficult to, I would say, resolve that because in my heart of hearts, I really think I'm a great person and a really good person to be around and a kind person to be around. Talking about how he's a great person. It's sometimes difficult, but at the end of the day, you can just keep doing what you're doing. And I think that's why, for me, I've always done a lot on social media done a lot of YouTube series to showcase myself in a different light because I want people to see that side. Quote, I think there's a lot of greatness to that and also humbleness to that as well. How about that? Saying you're humble while also saying you're great in the same sentence of nonetheless. What's humble about these videos where you're in getting out of your net about yourself. About yourself. Yeah. If you have to say that you're humble, if you have to say that you're a great guy, if you have to say you're all these things, you're probably not. I mean, I I was such a weird thing. He, He struggled. I will say, I thought this was the most revelatory answer I've heard from Bryson. And I don't know if he intended it to be that way or not. I think he got it a real part of who he is and why he really struggles in these things. When he was asked about being always in controversy, does he thrive in controversy? Whereas Brooks, earlier in the day, Brooks was like, you know, look, we'll we'll be fine at the Ryder Cup. It's business. It's one week. I can get through anything, right? He's like, I think Brooks doesn't mind. He like kind of laughs at the the 
the drama and understands the pip impacts and all that and is happy to partake in it. Bryson's sort of not comfortable with it, clearly. So he's asked, like, do you thrive in that? Um, and he was also asked about pairing at the Ryder Cup. He goes, yeah, I think it'd be sweet. It'd be fun. We'd be great pairing. It'd be awesome. Which, you know, <laughs> that love is unrequited uh, on Brooks's pairing. So it's like, no, we're not going to be paired together. So Bryson's asked, like, do you thrive in controversy? Quote, somebody that thrives in controversy, I don't even think it's about that. Look, I never grew up to become famous. I grew up to play golf, and it's something that people I don't think realize. It's difficult to truly understand unless you're in this environment, and sometimes you just try and make the best of situations. They don't necessarily look good or come out the right way. That's life, unfortunately. Us professionals, we have to be on top of it all the time. It doesn't come out the right way sometimes or happen the way you want it to, and we make mistakes. At the end of the day, you have to move on. For me, I'm somebody that doesn't necessarily like controversy. I just like doing my own thing. Do I like showcasing something unique and different? Yeah, but I guess what comes with it is controversy, and I guess that's something I don't necessarily deal with the best sometimes. I thought he was pretty candid here. I don't know if he meant to be, but like, I think he grew up not expect not, not not wanting to be famous he is now super famous because of the way he does things differently and he obviously doesn't handle it super well um in terms of the, in terms of being able to answer questions about the controversy he's, he's not good at deflecting the i'm not mad it's fine thing he just doesn't he's not smooth at it and that's fine he didn't expect to be in this position and he's always in and it where something drama is happening here's the other thing he brings a lot of this on himself but sure, i don't think sure. that any any other golfer like deals with the amount of shit that he deals with whether it's deserved or whether it's not it's des- mostly deserved he does get yeah. avalanche more so than almost any other golfer so i think you know couple his personality um with with the avalanche of of you know criticism interest in what he's doing that he gets I think it, it does put him in a tough spot. Yeah, it, he plays the game, though, to be clear. I'm going to live to be 190 oh, years yeah. old. I see UFOs, all that. Like, he plays it. He <laughs> knows what's up. So, like, he, he knows what's going to get headlines. So, but I just thought that was an interesting, like, I didn't grow up to be famous. I grew up to play golf. I always end up in controversy because I do things differently and I don't handle it well. I, I don't know if he intended to go that way, but I actually found that to be a revelatory answer amongst all the other sort of amusements about shouting for and being a good person and being humble and great at the same time. So um, anything else? I didn't have a whole lot of other quotes. We've touched on them with Brooksy. Shots to nothing. John Rahm's club foot. Rory, I thought, was didn't have a lot for Rory, you know? So. You want to talk about just, uh, you know, let's just say top 10 players. Who do you think who do you think this week's the most important for, for a win? You know, all of them, obviously, he, winning a major is huge. Which one, you know, I think there's a number of guys here in this list that, you know, you could make the argument. And there's a lot of, like, this is the last one of the year. That's the other thing. I, I think uh, this is... It used to be the PGA, but the PGA was kind of I, the one thing I, the schedule does is it, you know, this is arguably the second, maybe second, third biggest major of the year, maybe the biggest. Some people could you could make an argument. Rory said it's um, the biggest and best on Monday yeah. or Sunday. Yeah. So, so you know, it's the last one. 
now, and it adds this finality. There's a longer break than ever between majors, with it being July until next April. It's this short, condensed period of time. Gives people a lot of time to think. And, like, you know, for example, Rory, if we miss this, then we're 20, we're all the way back to 2014. We're eight years removed from his last major. Brooks, he had this great run, but if he doesn't win this year, it's another, like, a lot it's a, it's a big break between when he rattled four off so my answer before i even looked at it and i assumed he was in the top 10 i assumed he was in the top five it was gonna be jt um i just think there's a lot of success there then there's a lot of like not even major contention right i mean i guess he was kind of around that november masters but not really um and that's sort of the high standard he set for himself. He's won a major, you know, which is a lot of people would take that Ricky and everybody else, but he wins a lot. He wins, you know, Memphis and his major came at a tour event. Stop. That is true. That is true. He's been really hit or miss this year. Mostly miss aside from that players weekend. It's crazy Um, how bad he's been in the world players. Right. Right, but he's third in the world. I think like he feels like the someone who should have another major most, if that makes sense. And so I think if you're asking me top ten, it, it would mean a lot for him, you know, to to add something here. Yeah, I think. I mean, you've got Xander and, and Cantlay would be first time winners, right? And Hatton. Xander's my pick this week, one and done. Yeah, he's my pick. I, I just think because it's. I think it's a, he's maybe the most safe to be a top 10 finish, top five, barring those CT. Great to see the CT machines coming back, by the way. But Xander, I don't think we'll Xander, hear anything, though. Like no, The thing that's lost no. on, on everything, the only reason we knew about that was because Xander just came out and said it in a, in a press conference. Yeah. I don't think he'd be back making that mistake. This week. Thank oh, God. can I tell my CT story? Yes. I forgot about this. Oh, God, please. <laughs> So I got a little great. tip. There was uh this was from an event on the PGA range. PGA Tour event, right? Maybe, maybe not. Okay. Maybe. All right, all right. On the range, player needs a new grip. So the equipment rep takes the club, goes in, comes back, new grip on the club, says, "Hey, player, when was the last time you were test?" Tested uh, for the CT. He goes, oh, like a month ago. He goes, oh, good, good. You'll be good to go for a while with this one. It's way over the limit. <laughs> player, player goes, awesome. Puts the head cover back on into the back. Because they never knowingly cheat, right? They never, never knowingly. Like, it's just it happened on the last hit on the range before they went to the tee. It got hot. They never actually knowingly put hot stuff in the bag awesome this is way over the limit good you got a few months before you're tested again good stuff good stuff they, they just you know they don't know they don't knowingly do it all right there's no reason to test on every t-box but okay can't lay in, in xander you're saying obviously they have the most to gain as no i'm just saying those or? are yeah i mean dj stinks is he back <laughs> How's he back he up is. to number one in the world? Uh, Rom needed like to finish 
second or something. Something ridiculous, you know, machination at the Scottish bumped Rom down. So, I mean, uh, like, all these guys kind of have something on the line. To be fair, to be completely honest, just with the way the majors have, have shaken out, like, outside, yeah. like, I think Rom is, like, if Rom wins the second one, that's a huge deal, right? That, like, all of a uh, sudden, like, back-to-back major wins, like, launches him into a, a different stratosphere, right? And you got DJ, who hasn't done anything this year since since the Bone Saw Festival. Um, <laughs> and then you got Mor- Morikawa winning in your open debut. And hey, then you got Br- Bryson, who, we- who would shed that he can't play in anything other than ideal yeah. flat lie conditions. Well, can we talk about, I know we talked about his quotes, like just for a minute, like for me, that is the absolute most exciting thing to watch this week. Is, is Bryce. At, at least the first round. I mean, Sunday, I don't think it'll be, but I, I think that's fascinating to see this guy who bobbed and gouged, overpowered the USGA in their events, who um, has found that to be quite successful on the PGA Tour. We haven't had Link. Rory just talked about he hadn't played Link's golf in two years. And he's going to this, and he's already didn't do well with the press, I would say. Uh, I think it's fascinating. He talks about maybe using the r- Tiger strategy. I don't think he's actually going to use it. He just was citing it for chits and giggles. But I, I, to me, that is the most interesting to watch now, whether it's mainly from a car crash perspective or whatever, to see how well this holds up. And where He just talked about how he went from – T1 to T26 and nine holes at Torrey Pines simply because of luck, right? Unlucky lies or whatever it was in the fairway where he bombs it off to. He's going to get bounces this week that are unlucky. And there's wind. And I just, I, for me, actually part of that, this whole Bryson beefy boy approach showing up at, at the links, uh, links course is, for me is what I'm most excited to watch, at least for the first few hours on Thursday. So, um, all right. Then, right? I mean, are you, you keep, are you with me on that? Yeah, I, I don't think that's yeah. going to go well, you know? I don't know. We'll Who knows? We saw, remember when Rom tried to overpower uh, Carnoustie a couple years ago? Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like got just smoked. Yeah. <laughs> like, like make it, you know, that, I think that's, that's the thing. It's like the open, the, the RNA doesn't do anything. Like they just set the golf course up, right? And right. they set it up the way, but the irregularity of it, I think, is the thing that that hurts. It's not like predictable math, like the the way that the U.S. Open is, where everything's the same. And there's such a uniformity that is so predictable that it becomes like the irregularity makes it a little bit more difficult to just play to play one strategy and then couple in the bad bounces. <laughs> That's the thing. It could be, if he gets one of those bad bounces, you know, the old Tim. he might throw Um, his hogan cap off into the sea the channel who knows where that that's gonna be delightful viewing and i mean entrancing viewing i won't say delightful so all right so brooks brooks if brooks if brooks if he hasn't if he doesn't win he goes from going four for nine he won four of the four of nine majors obviously he didn't play in the masters because of the wrist i think back then he would go from four of nine to O for the last nine. Now he didn't play in one also because the U.S. Open, which is just kind of, yeah, you know. Um, and then Reed, I mean, that's just a. I mean, there's a million things about Reed, 
but he's knocked on the door. He's been close a lot of times. I think people's disdain for Reed like dismiss how how close he's been to having a second, you know, major championship. And then Hatton, he's never contended in anything. So, <laughs> what about Rory? He said he found something. We'll go outside. He's eleven. He said he found something <laughs> he on ca- the range Sunday. So he, he he was coy about it, but it sounded like he he feels really good about the way he's hitting the ball. But you know. We've heard that from many players before. So. I, don't, right. I I would say that the, the most pressure I'll put, I I was gonna say JT, but instead I'll I'll say uh, I think it's I'll say DJ playing in sandwich. He loves sandwiches. I wonder if there's a good spot for him there. Good. Who's your pick to win? I'm taking uh, Rom. I have, still have oh, him. Going out on a limb. Well, okay. I have him. He's okay. my favorite. I've been cursed. I've been, I'm I'm in dead last, I think, or something close to dead last. It's like unbelievable. Do you have a dark horse? Any any long shots that you uh, like? Oh god, that's such a relative. Everybody just throws that out there. Who's my sleeper pick? Xander is not getting any. I'm picking Xander to win. Um, I, I don't know, Poulter. Would he count? Does he count? Is he far enough yeah. down the rankings? I think he's the down far enough. Wherever he is. I'll go what about Air Bear? I ain't another great pick. Won at a Lynx course in Ireland just two weeks ago. Not I Juliet. feel like Molinari's kind of slept on, too. Which one? <laughs> Frank. <laughs> I mean, Dodo's slept on, too, as well. But, okay. 115. He's off with Leishman and Wallace. He's played well. There's going to be a lot of, lot of batting, a lot of batting around out there <laughs> with those three. Just getting the ball on the ground, try to find the hole. <laughs> Up and hole, over the humps. Hole get, of the infield. <laughs> not trying to take too far. You're not trying to hit it out of the park. You're just trying to get it through the hole. Take what the course gives you. I think they might they might play the way Layman suggested. Play for the flat areas. Don't try and push anything. Play for the flat areas. Roll the ball into the holes. Maybe even put down a bunt every now and then. Okay. Uh, Molinari's a good one. He's played pretty well since, what, about Pebble Beach, I would say, the start of this year. What would, you, what would you have said if at the beginning of the year I told you that in July... Dick Bland would be higher ranked in the world than Ricky Fowler. I would have enjoyed that. I would have had questions about how it happened, but I would be greatly amused by the whole deal. Ricky, I don't know. I think Ricky could have a chance to finish top 10 this week. This guy's in a featured group. Here's who's around, who's ahead of him in the world rankings. Charles Schwarzel's not even here. He's not even... He didn't even make the the, the field. He's playing at the Barbasol. How is Ricky in from winning the uh, from being top five at the yeah the PGA? Okay, all right. Um, got or no, he played well at top ten at uh at Portrush. Okay, okay. Dick Bland is ninety eight. Ricky's a hundred. Dick Bland's ninety eight. Sam Horsfeld, ninety seven. Eric Van Royen, Dean Burmeester, Chan Kim. John Catlin, Adam Long, Brendan Steele, Takumi Kanaya, who's made like 10 stars. 
That was a pro. Yeah. Troy Merritt is ahead of him. Antoine Rosner. Danny Van Totter. I mean, this is insane. He's in a future group. He could. I think he. I think he's. He played so well here in 2011. Now that doesn't necessarily mean anything for this week. <clears throat> I think he's primed to have a top ten. Brendan, I mean, 2011 not... was ten years ago. I know. You didn't have. Does you well. didn't have. As you said at the top of the show, you didn't have any kids. Ricky was still young and hip then. I wasn't even married then. Yeah. Anthony Kim was in the mix. <laughs> That's true. Okay. All right. Does, does Phil wrong. have a chance? Yes. He's. I think he's hitting it all right. He's playing okay. What's it? Define a chance. I don't know. I, I think he's. Got we a wouldn't chance. have said he had a chance before the PGA. I'll say that. That's probably true. Is Usti gonna win? No. Is he gonna top five it? <laughs> yes. There's a lot of brand ambassador stuff he's got to do for Big Brown this week. They're pumping him up, he and Westy, quite a bit. You know, there's right. one tea time that I left off. Big Earn is in the field. He took the charter from Omaha. Who did he? Uh, who did he gave somebody a, a ride? I'm trying to remember. Darren Clark, Clark and Ernie, straight from Omaha. Oh my God! Could you imagine that flight? <laughs> Johnny Walker. Cigars. Darren Clark apparently has his own brand CBD oil. He's hawking on social media. It's like Clark CBD something or other. But yeah, that's a that's quite a flight of <laughs> uh, vices. So, all right. That's it. That does it for Open Championship preview episode. Maybe we'll have a little flashback, mini flashback on Wednesday or Thursday, something like that. Is that what you're saying? Suggesting mini flashback. Yeah. Is my Wi-Fi not working? All right. Yes, yeah, it's, it's in and out. Okay. Everyone, enjoy your Wednesdays, your Tuesday evenings. It's maybe the best, one of the best weeks of the year. Get your Bixby coffee. BixbyCoffee.com. Shotgun Start Blend. Westy Island Blend. Enter, enter the coffee pot. Look out for that link. Anything else, Andy? We need to hit on. No, I think that's it. I I can't wait. It's it's the open. What time are you getting up? What's going to be your What's going to be your schedule? schedule? I'm so excited for that first round. I might do the whole one thirty thing. Oh god! For the first round, I think. I don't know. What time are you going to we'll go see. to bed? I don't know. We'll see. Try to get the. You should put your wife's whoop on and to tell you how much you need ten hours of sleep on oh, Friday. I got my wife a whoop. She threw it off, took it and threw it across the room by like day seven. Most ridiculous contraption. Hopefully they're I guess not they are, to They're never going to be a sponsor. I guess not. <laughs> Telling her four kids she needs to be going to bed at ten and sleeping till eleven the next day. Like that's going to happen. All right. Um, It'd be great if you're it. single with no kids. You can follow right. and, and no, like and no job and no job, and you can follow their uh, their their, their, their app for how to be maximalized or whatever. <laughs> like, like, of course, this works for like the Corda sisters or the, these professional athletes who can prime their body. That's their job, their money. So, um, yeah. Anyways, the thing, the thing is it should have some, like some response of like, I understand that you can't get yeah. to a hundred. So like, like, let's get to 50%. That should be the messaging for someone that clearly 
is not operating at a peak. You know, it should be. It yeah. shouldn't be about getting to the prime. That's completely like your wife looked at it and said, "This is not possible." Can I sleep till ten thirty in the morning? And they want her to do these workouts for like an hour and a half. Like she's in these groups. And the other, you know what most of the other people in the groups don't have? Like four four kids. Anyways. Um, that's what I, you know, that's the thing I think with, that I've learned with, uh, with parenthood is it becomes so much more of a team game. It's like, hey, can I do this? Like with your, yeah. with your significant, yeah. hey, like my wife, this, hey, can I do yoga this morning at 8 a.m.? Patch it it's together. Like, right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know, or, or no, I can't, I have something. I, you can't do that. Like, it's so funny how it becomes that. And the loop is that, that's a, uh, that's an independent. You know, there's no teamwork involved with that. That is no. a uh, exclusively, you know, selfish act of, uh, yeah, performance, whatever it is, self self advancement. Um, all right, everyone enjoy it. We'll be back. Thanks to Whoop for not sponsoring this episode. Um, we'll probably be doing what the daily episodes: four o'clock, five o'clock Eastern, yeah, something like that. Okay. Four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock, rock. <laughs> all right. So dumb. Some Instagram lives, maybe. We'll do hangouts. Just pay attention to the socials. We'll, we'll have some fun this week. All right. Enjoy it. We'll talk to you soon.